All right, so guys, welcome back to the Humanity Jitsu podcast. It's episode 31 or something, I don't know. And we are joined by the illustrious, the magnanimous, the stoic silent type that is Mr. Adam Wilson. How are you doing today, Adam? Adam. Okay, so Adam, what's the meaning of life while I have you here? Adam? Ah, hmm, man. Lots of people say it's the number 42 because of that one movie, but I think Adam's a way better answer, just to be honest. I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, don't worry, guys. He's not going to say Adam for the whole fucking podcast. We've been, we've, been, we've been told that Chewie gave him permission to break character for this Chewie, podcast. Chewie decreed that I could speak today, so it's more than I can say for most of the videos I'm in. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I lo- I looked over that one video where he's teaching the technique. I'm like, man, how isn't his voice all raspy from lack of t- of use? Yeah, I don't know. He he probably practiced in the meantime. <laughs> did you did did you do like uh vocal warm up trills before the the fucking um that 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 video like eh, don't make me fast oh like a like you're singing or something. Yeah, well, I'll go into uh, the bathroom and I'll do like how now brown cows and, you know, try to get the voice, the vocal cords warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for the four people who don't know, Adam, where are you from? Where do you train in case someone wants to get around with you sometimes for the two people in the world that don't know you? If you're ever in the area, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I'm in the United States, uh, Louisville, Kentucky is the city we're in. I train at Derby City Mixed Martial Arts. Um, I'm under Chewy or Chujitsu, as he's more, more commonly known. Uh, he's been my instructor for probably about 12 years, or no, 10 years, 10 of the 12 years I've been training now. So he's, uh, he's my sensei. Aww. Your sensei is also your best friend, I imagine. So how, how does that work, that arrangement? We do have a good friendship. We have a, a mutual understanding of what's expected in our relationship. You know, he's, uh, he's the source of all the, um, the knowledge and the, the black belt tutelage. And, you know, I'm the good looks of, of the outfit. So mm. that's why he keeps me around. Uh, you're, like a, you're like a trophy student, right? Say again, you kind of cut out there. Oh, sorry. You're like a trophy student, am I right? That's it. Yeah, he parades me around like a show pony, and you know, I think that's how he gets a lot of his his students and his, his online his online following. You know, it's like, you know, the, the the instruction's good, but who's that guy that's with you? You know, I want more of that. <laughs> man, who is that handsome fucking marble chunk of a man? He looks like that's Michelangelo's. <laughs> he looks like the first draft of Michelangelo's David. <laughs> very uh, very concept piece, yeah. <laughs> sort of a conceptual understanding. Yeah, man, I could just. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> or man, um, uh, imagine the the statue, the thinking man, is just you when you shaved one day. That was it. Yeah, that was after I first shaved my head. Like, did I make a good decision? And then mm. you know, when it when it doesn't grow back appropriately, you're like, well, I guess I'm stuck with it. So <laughs> it's uh, better, it better be a good decision. <laughs> uh underrated is the the bald head like i I've, i don't have my hair completely bald but i have it really really tight like with a one at the side and the two on yeah. top man i like cutting my own hair now because it's easy to maintain and it's free and i only just got to do it once a week it's fine you know yeah that's I mean, that's how i was i cut mine short just because it was i felt like i could mess up a little bit you know i didn't have to make it so perfect as long as it was short 
And then one day I was in a hurry and I was like, look, we just got to do this. So I took it down with a blade and never looked back. Man, didn't you shave your head on an episode of Chewy's podcast one time? I did, yeah. I didn't clear that with him either beforehand. I, I thought it would be a nice surprise. And it, it was interesting while I was doing it because I kind of looked at him like, oh, yeah, your viewers will get a kick out of this. And then, you know, he's kind of giving me the side eye like, are we seriously doing this right now, dude? <laughs> but uh, I used uh, I used Perrier sparkling water to, to kind of christen the head. And uh, I think I put something else. I can't remember what else. Some sort of I think it was some sort of a vodka or something there, too. It was a concoction that I used to, to lather up my head. <laughs> Man, I, I know a guy, he has his wife shave his head with a cutthroat razor just to get that fine, close shave. Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, I don't have anybody I trust quite so much to do it. My, my wife could probably get away with it, but, you know, and at this point I'm so proficient at it. It's like, you know, why let anyone else touch it? I do it perfectly. Uh, look, man, just uh, don't start waxing your legs on this episode of the podcast because uh, I don't think I could get that past the censors. Uh, I could have done that. I didn't know that was on the table. Why didn't you tell me? You didn't. You didn't. You didn't ask. Hey, well, we should have talked about this beforehand. If you wait a minute, I could come back and I can make it happen. <laughs> God damn. Oh man, you're too much. So bad. One thing i'm curious about with each of my guests is like uh how'd you get into martial arts did you train anything else before starting jiu-jitsu uh well i i trained when i was a kid i took um it was a it was some sort of karate it was like shaolin ryu karate and i mean it it was utterly boring man i mean i would get migraines from being so bored we didn't spar a whole lot I i can remember once or maybe two times where we sparred as a kid uh, and that was fun. You know, I, I thought it was going to be more of that, but um, I never even learned to break a board. It was all just, you know, katas and, uh, 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 you know, choreographed movements over and over. It was like once a week, every Tuesday I would go over there and it was just, uh, I, I lost interest after a few years. Um, but I never wrestled or anything like that in high school. I played baseball in high school. And then uh, after college, uh, a buddy of mine, we had kind of talked about getting into this uh, jujitsu. He had found a school that uh, he and I trained at for about two years until it closed down. Uh, the owner moved away and it was just some purple belts trying to hold it together after after that. So when it closed, um, Chewy had actually trained at that gym prior to, to me getting there, the first gym I was at. And uh, his reputation had preceded him. Everyone always talked about this guy, Chewy, and how he was you know the greatest thing that ever came through the, through the doors. Uh, which is well hard. It was hard for me to to imagine because I was training with purple belts, and back then, you know, as a white belt, purple belts were god. I mean, whatever they did, I you know, I listened to them. I thought they were the greatest thing on earth. So to to imagine that there was someone out there better than them, um, you know, it was kind of hard to conceive. But uh, when my gym closed, um, the guys who were you know running it, they told me, you know, you need to go over here to Derby City and uh, hook up with Chewy, um, and I did. And you know, I can still remember the first role he and I had. You know. Um, he probably doesn't remember it, but I do. And, um, I got over there and he actually let me win, which, um, I think he was just kind of gauging me to see where my skill level was. I I had just gotten my blue belt. In fact, my first day at Derby city was the first day I ever wore my blue belt. And, uh, I was, I remember being impressed with him because he let me win because I was just some new guy coming through the door and he didn't have any sort of ego. You know, there was no sort of like, I've got to teach this guy a lesson. You know, he genuinely wanted to, to kind of gauge my my skill level and and see how he was going to train me and help me help get help get me better, 
So uh, that's what kind of made me kind of gravitate toward him. Like, you know, this is this is the guy that could really help me and really, you know, show me the way. Um, so that's kind of how uh, I progressed into to where I'm at now. Mm. I see. What this is like? It's just a question for you. It's not really just a, a sort of regular thing. How when did Chewie start using you for the the videos? And where did the Adam persona, if you want to call it that, come from? Mm-hmm. Just to peel back the layers, like behind the laughter, but behind the Adam. <laughs> yeah. So like, so the way it started was, uh, I was actually in it in the beginning. Like, I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but you know, I was the first. Um, so what happened was, I would train obviously, and then after class was over, I would always stay late, and Chewie and I would talk. And he's, you know, if you've ever, you know, sat and talked to him, he's a very interesting dude. He's very well read. He he researches. He he reads a lot. And I don't have time for that stuff. So it was always interesting for me to kind of listen to what he was reading or what he was into or what he was learning about. And we would just talk about stuff. So one day he comes to me and he's like, you know, hey, I've got this idea. I want to do some videos. And I didn't know it was for YouTube. I thought he was doing something for a a friend of ours or some other black belt that used to train with us. I I completely misunderstood what he was doing. Uh, He's like, hey, will you help me with some of these videos? So in the early days, he didn't turn to me or ask for my input at all, you know, like he does at the end of these videos now. He would just kind of end it. And um, one day they kind of popped up on YouTube and I was like, oh, that's where these are going. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be on YouTube. Um, so like we start, we're doing a couple of them, you know, here and there. And it wasn't very consistent at first. But then when it started getting traction, his YouTube channel, he started, you know, upping it up, uh, uh, upping the frequency of how many videos per week we were doing. And then one day he um, he gets done, he does his little rant at the end of the video, and then uh, he turns to me. And he didn't tell me he was going to do it. He just turns and says, Adam? And I was completely unprepared. I didn't know what to do. I thought about it, and all these things ran through my mind. Like, what do I say? What do I do? You know, I'm in front of people now. This is YouTube. And all I could get out was my name. So <laughs> I, just, I just said, Adam. And um, if you go back to the earlier videos on his channel, you can find other other instances where I, I tried different catchphrases and I never really committed to them. And I just kind of gravitated back toward Adam because, you know, that's the extent of what I could come up with. That's the extent of my creativity right there is my name. <laughs> Man, so, what, what, were, what were these other uh, uh, catchphrases you workshopped just for the sake of curiosity? I tried different things, man. I tried uh, just random words. I tried... Fergalicious one time. Fer- <laughs> I'm not joking. That was that's a, there's a real there's a real video out there of me saying Fergalicious at the end of one of his his videos because that, that's back when Fergie was big. Um, but uh, that didn't catch on, so I, I just kind of went back to the Adam. <laughs> God damn! I imagine there's like a whole other universe where you responded Chewy, you know, like you yeah. said Adam, you're like Chewy. <laughs> there, uh, there are times where I feel like I should have tried and maybe come up with something better, but uh, you know I, I didn't want to overshadow him. You know he's the star of the show, so I, I just wanted to kind of add my little input, and, and that's where I leave it. <laughs> mm. Now, nah, see, I, I think we've got the best possible outcome in that regard. We have the Adam catchphrase. I hope so. <laughs> I man, practiced it. <laughs> without that catchphrase, I wouldn't be wearing this sexy Adam jazz hand t-shirt or sorry I'm glad, spirit you, fingers. I'm glad you got one yeah yeah the spirit the jazz hands too that uh that kind of developed on its own because he would introduce me at the end of the at the beginning of these videos and that's another thing like he didn't tell me he was going to start with that so i should have come up with something better but jazz hands was was what everyone got that's that's the extent of my creativity <laughs> mm. and guys 
You have no idea how much Adam has inadvertently beaten me at a staring contest. Because I know your game. I know why you, you get do it. That. You pick up on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I figured. I just noticed one day, just before you've like you said it on the other podcast, I was like, why isn't Adam blinking? I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll see how long I can go. I beat beat this video. This guy in a video on a staring contest. I tried. <laughs> I tried my level best so many times, but Adam well, has best bested me inadvertently a lot. I'm going to tell you, because I don't think I ever said this on Chewy's, Chewy's podcast, so I'll, I'll release the, the secret to your viewer, to your, to your listeners. Mm-hmm. So when I do that, in my mind, what I'm thinking is, you know, Chewy has 200-something thousand followers. Mm-hmm. So in all likelihood, maybe 200,000 people are watching this video. And I'm having a staring contest, not with one person, but with 200,000 people. And the way that I win is we always record those videos after we've rolled and after we're exhausted and after I'm extremely dehydrated. So I really, I want to blink, but I can't because my eyes are dried out. So it's not necessarily that I'm beating everyone. I feel like I have a little bit of an unfair advantage because I'm so dehydrated. That's how Mm. I win the staring contest. Now, uh, just one question for your preparation for the staring contest. Like lots of people have very mixed opinion on winning staring contests. I just want your very your uh, opinion on this. It's just like uh, before, like let's just say you get the countdown. Okay, three, two, one. Do you spend that three, two, one blinking a lot to get your sort of uh, fix in before you have to do it? Or are you just sort absolutely. of all natural? No, absolutely. You got to get all the the dirt and the musk out of your eyes. And, and what we don't see on those those videos is Chewy. He'll actually do two or three takes. Sometimes it takes him a minute to get it rolling. He'll he'll flood his words or he'll you he can't get a good intro on his on, on on the you know on the tip of his tongue or whatever he'll get kind of he'll fumble on what he's trying to say so um we'll get two or three takes and by the third one usually he kind of gets rolling and by then i've, I've blinked all i need to blink and i'm ready to stare mm. yeah you've blanked your last blink at that point am i right yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah in your opinion what do you think was the thing you struggled with most in your early days of training Let's see. In the early days of training, I think probably I fell in love with it very quickly. I fell in love with jujitsu. So I thought I was doing I was going above and beyond what other people were doing. I, you know, I was looking for videos online. You know, YouTube was in, you know, as far as jujitsu on YouTube was in its infancy. There were some other channels that were, you know, up and running, but there wasn't a whole lot out there. And I would search a million different techniques and I would always try to find, you know, something that I was going to use on, you know, my training partners like, oh, no one's ever seen this before. You know, you know I remember uh, I gravitated toward a lot of 10th planet stuff early on because I didn't think anyone else knew about it. So I was doing a lot of rubber guard stuff. And uh, I think looking back on it, I, I was too spread out. I probably should have focused on a couple things to kind of perfect um and uh that's the only thing that i would i would say that i kind of struggled with is kind of you know fix uh, focusing in on something to develop versus trying ten thousand moves in a week mm. uh you know it goes back to the old bruce lee saying train one kick ten thousand times said ten thousand kicks one time or something that's like that exactly right that's exactly what i think about when i see that quote you know in memes and on uh you know instagram and whatnot mm. and then you think about that one bruce lee scene in once upon a time in hollywood no doubt which one was that where he's uh, fighting a Brad Pitt? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, did you yeah. see that movie? Yeah, yeah. No, I watched it late one night. I, uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I uh, 
I thought it sucked. I thought it sucked ass. Yeah, well, I, 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 it's not something I agree. I mean, I agree to the extent. I wouldn't watch it a second time. I mean, I didn't get the hype. Yeah. I went into it thinking it was going to be great. But, uh, you know, it was, it was worth a watch. But uh, I probably wouldn't watch it again. Well, you know, like, to be fair, Tarantino is a great director. And I'm, I'm not denying that. He's amazing. But, see, it's kind of my fault. I was expecting a Charlie Manson murder movie because they sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink to make you think that's what it was going to be by teasing Charlie Manson in all the trailers, yeah. even, though he's, even though he's only in it for two seconds. Goddamn. <laughs> so then when it turned out to be a love letter to 60s Hollywood, I was all like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. He kind of puts his interpretation on a lot of things. It's kind of like uh, Inglorious Bastards, you know. you think it'd be like some sort of accuracy to, to World War II, but very different in how it ended. So. <laughs> mm. I know. I love Inglorious Bastards. Like, I think that's a great movie because, you know, it's it set out. It, it promised what it, promised what it, what it was going to do, and it set out and it did it. Instead of, yeah. like, instead of leading you on, you know. That's, that's my opinion. Right. Oh, uh, you know. So, man, uh, <laughs> to get back on track, uh, what was your first competition in jiu-jitsu like, and what did you, how did it go for you? It didn't go very well. I'm not going to lie. I think it, I was, it usually doesn't. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a few months in, and, you know, I trained at a gym that was, uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, MMA fighters there, so they were always, you know, cutting weight and kind of being cognizant of what their, what their weight was, and I thought that's just what you had to do. I thought, you know, it was expected that you would cut weight, but the guy that I was training under, under the time, he didn't really give me any sort of uh, guidance or advice on, on how to prepare for a tournament, so... I spent the couple weeks leading up to that tournament basically, you know, not eating appropriately. I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't eating, you know, healthy food. And I just tried to get as light as possible because I was pretty strong for my size. I, I lifted a lot of weights prior to getting into jiu-jitsu. And I thought I would go in there, be light, but be very strong. And I, at the very least, you know, what I lacked in skill level, I would be able to overpower my opponents. That was my strategy. But the day of the tournament, we got in there. It was this local tournament nothing fancy. And, um, I could barely lift my arms. I was felt exhausted. I was trying to do push-ups to kind of get my body, you know, prepped to, to fight. And, uh, I ended up going in against this guy who, he was a nice guy, you know, he wasn't, uh, you know, super aggressive, but he just kind of pulled me down, turned me over, got on my back and collar choked me. And I was like, good God. Like, you know, I was just the whole thing. I just let the whole, the, the weight of the, the, the scenario, the, the situation kind of overwhelm me. And, um, that was one of the things I had to get over. So I continued to compete until I, I kind of desensitized myself to that, uh, that holy shit feeling of competing. Um, but yeah, I've always kind of, <laughs> I'm still embarrassed about my first tournament appearance, uh, ter tournament appearance, because I, I wish I had eaten something a little bit better. I wish I had, uh, you know, not worried so much about the weight and just going in and, and doing what I've been trained to do for those three months leading up to it. Mm. Well, man, in the, in the words of the immortal Bob Ross, we don't make mistakes. There's just happy accidents. Happy accidents, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, do you prefer to compete under a certain rule set? Uh, you know, as a as I've progressed and now, you know, as a black belt, I, I do primarily more IBJJF tournaments. Um, it, it was getting to a point where the higher up you got in the belt ranks, the the, the smaller the divisions were, you know, as far as how many people were showing up, especially the local tournaments. Mm. Um, and, and it got to a point where I would drive, you know, an hour and a half to a tournament. And one time I got there and there was literally nobody at my belt level. I was the only brown belt there. And uh, that's one of the things I, I kind of liked about IBJJF is you can kind of see like, okay, I have a division. I can kind of count on this, these, this many matches. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's, this rule set is better. I know they've got their their pros and their cons, but you know I do kind of compete in more IBJJF tournaments these days. Mm. Uh, man, do you have a favorite submission that you like catching in the gym? Like, what's what's Adam's favorite submission? Man, I've got a, a a back series, a series that I'll do from the back. You know, a series of armbar attacks, and I can kind of finish it off with a, a triangle from the back, uh, which a lot of people, at least the guys that I train with, you know, so far that they're not too wise to it. It's a little bit unsuspecting. So that's kind of the route that I go. I'm usually a back guy. I feel like I can kind of you know take my time back there versus when I'm in front of them or even on mount. It's a it's a more of a battle to kind of maintain position. I can usually hold back pretty well. Mm. Has anyone ever called your arm bar the Adam bar? Not yet, but we could start that. I yeah, like let's, it. <laughs> let's start that. Like man, that's one thing. Like if someone's good at a move, I try to you know work their name into it. Because me personally, I love the Anaconda choke, so I call it the Andrew Conda because I fucking yeah. love it so much. Well, I didn't come up with it. It's this really good black belt I know came up with it. And he was like, oh, you should call it the Andrew Conda. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I'd love to have a submission named after me. Or this one girl I know, I named one of her moves the Rachelatine. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> that's her thing she's pretty good at? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Adam Bar, patent pending. Take it. Mm. Um, and uh, what's it? What was your first seminar that you attended? And do you remember what was taught at it? Yeah, we uh, the first seminar I ever attended was um, it was at our gym. It was at Chewy's gym. Uh, at the time, we were under a black belt named uh, Hinato Tavares. That was our association that we were under. Hmm. And he had, he had showed up and he did a, a guard passing series to a submission from side control, I believe. And um, I can uh, periodically it'll pop up. I'll use a little bit of it, but it's not something that I've uh, gravitated toward over the years. Uh, some of the more recent ones that I've been to that have really been helpful. Uh, we did uh, we had a Josh Hinger out for a seminar, who was phenomenal. He taught a, a monoplata series, and that one was really really informative. And then uh, we had JT Torres, who did uh, a guard passing uh, nogi series, um, which was really good, uh, really helpful for all of us at our gym. So the more recent seminars, I'm a little more selective when I pick a seminar now, just because you know. I've got certain issues with seminars. I mean, sometimes they're just information overload. But uh, if you can get your hands on a, a Josh Hinger seminar or a JT Torres seminar, definitely go to those. Amen. Mm. Um, see, I had the great honor of attending the seminar by someone who is very adjacent to those two, Christian Woodmancy. Yeah, yeah, he's been out our way. I hear mm. his are pretty good. We had actually, think, we, I think we had him out at our gym, but I couldn't go for something. I think uh, I may have been out of town that time, but uh, mm. I heard his seminar was good. Mm. Um, and it was the best seminar I've ever attended personally it was just the great stuff and it was all De La Hiva stuff which uh, mm-hmm. I really wanted to get better at so I was happy plus I was wearing my Chewy Rash Guard underneath from the, the Chewy Rash Guard podca- podcast yeah. Rash Guard and like he was you know saying hello to everyone you know talking to everyone before the, uh, the seminar he's like oh dude you know fucking Chewy bro I'm like yeah man uh, he's like oh dude and he's doing this little impression of him. He was like puffing the chest out, <laughs> walking around and doing an impression of Chewy. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to try and like mimic it because it was just gold. Have you ever integrated something from a seminar so well it's just become a mainstay in your game? 
as far as like an actual like submission or, or guard pass, um, the stuff from JT Torres, we're, we're implementing that a lot. I'm trying to implement that a lot um, since it was mo- the most recent seminar, but I try to pick up concepts a little bit more. Like, you know, I'll, they'll show a good guard pass or a, you know, a good way to, you know, you know, like Hinger's monoplata, you know, the way he teaches it is just, it was real easy for us to remember. It was a great, you know, great seminar, but a lot of the principles of like control and how to apply this and, you know, how you can take this, this, this particular technique and apply it from other positions. That's the kind of stuff I try to take away from seminars. So it may not be a specific technique that I'll use, but uh, I can definitely usually pick up some sort of concept that'll help me with my overall game. Mm. Uh, Man, I think that's a really good sort of way to look at it. Because, you know, it's very, you know, it's very easy to just like, so, oh, technique here, technique there. But if you can come out of it with a certain concept that you can sort of apply to certain places, you know, as opposed to just one sort of scenario, you do gain a lot more as opposed right. to just one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we're on to the questions for coaches. And with that, what is the first technique for beginners in your gym? Like, what do you try to instill straight away, whether it be technique or concept? So like fresh off the street guy comes in the gym, what do we teach him? Exactly. Is that it? So the fresh off the street, yeah, those guys will usually give them a rundown of the positions and how to effectively hold them. We don't just say, you know, here's mount, you know, you're on top of the guy, you know, and then here's back mount, you know. We try to take them through one by one, how to appropriately apply, you know, the pressure and the hooks, um, you know, how to like, you know, thrust your hips down to kind of maintain control of the guy. You want effective use of pressure and how to apply these positions. Um, from there, we work on their defense. You know, we work on sweeps, uh, how to, you know, prevent getting your guard passed, um, different ways to kind of create frames. We kind of, uh, and, you know, they'll come in on a day where we're teaching a submission. So we're not going to, you know, deter them from trying to learn submissions. But uh, with the early guys, the guys who are new, you know, it's all about the fundamentals and kind of building a good foundation. So when we do graduate up to more complicated things, you know, they're, they're accustomed to the vocabulary. They know what it means to shrimp your hips. Um, you'll be surprised, you know, how many times you tell a guy who's off the street, you know, it kind of comes naturally to you. You'll say like, yeah, kick your hips out, you know, scoot your hips, uh, shrimp your hips, something. And they don't know what you mean. They're like, what do you mean? Do what with my hips? So we try to develop that vocabulary early on just so they can kind of take the instructions as they come. Mm. Uh, see, they're like big, uh, what do you mean shrimp? You mean tiny prawn or what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's You'll tell them like you know do like a you know grab the collar or you know get a sleeve grip or whatever and they're like uh, and it's just it's it's funny how so many things come natural to you as far as the vocabulary goes but somebody with a blank slate it's you got to remember that you didn't know that when you know when mm. you first started so it's kind of you got to really kind of reel it back in a little bit like or they'll you'll say grab the sleeve and i'll grab the sleeve on the inside where they're not allowed to and you're like well you, you can't grip it that way it's illegal like illegal like well, am i gonna get fucking arrested or something right 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 you tell them <laughs> to you know get an underhook and i'm like what? under what like is that like a fish hook they'll put it in their mouth <laughs> oh man <laughs> I, man okay i see i've been training for three years and uh, i'd never been fish hooked until the 4th of january of this year but i got fish hooked about 20 fucking times i went to this one gym and his brown belts for whatever reason he like he, it was all accidental because he was trying to get like a slave like a cross slave grip but he must have fish hooked me like five times in the round I'm like what the fuck bro am i a joke to you <laughs> he told you it was accidental that sounds like <laughs> he might have liked it a little bit oh uh, no he was, he was a nice dude I, I, and he was really apologetic so I, I think it was just constantly accidental 
I've, I've, I've had those days. You know, I've accidentally kicked a, a new guy three times, and it's hard to justify. Like, look, I swear to you, I'm just trying to throw in a leg lasso. I did not mean to kick you in the head. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, man. It, it happens, man. <laughs> and then, uh, when would you suggest a student of yours to compete, and how would you help them prepare for it? You know what? As early as they want, you know, I'm not, I would never push somebody into doing it. You know, I would never say like there's one next weekend and by God, you're all going, you know, but if somebody came in and they've been training a couple weeks and they're like, look, I really want to try it. I really like this stuff. I wouldn't discourage them. You know, I would try to help them with a game plan. I would definitely go over the rules with them. You'd be surprised how many people show up the day of their first tournament. They don't even know the rules or, you know, what they're able to do or what sort of takedowns are legal or illegal. Um, so I definitely make sure that we understood the rule set and kind of manage their expectations, you know, and say, hey, look, you know, we want to go in there and have a game plan, try to execute the techniques you're, you know, you've been practicing. But all in all, you know, I want you to have fun and, um, you know, just try to learn from it, if nothing else. I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of a guy on his first tournament, but there have been some dudes that have surprised me. So it's all mm-hmm. just a personal, personal preference and whatever somebody's comfortable with. We've got guys that, you know, they've been training years and they just, they don't compete a lot at all. And there's a couple guys who they say they've competed, but I'm not quite sure I've ever seen where they have. And that's fine too. You know, if, if it's not for everybody, I don't think you, you know, necessarily have to compete, but it definitely helps. It's definitely going to help you get your game better. So the faster you can get in there and start competing, uh, I think the, the faster you'll see your game take off. Mm. Oh man, couldn't agree more. Man, I'm fucking kicking myself because see, I started competing like 11 months in, and like I love competing so much, I do it all the time. Like I, I was planning on doing a competition, one competition every month this year, but that's kind of been thrown off the ta- off the table. Yeah, Thank you very much. No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but I I fucking love competing more than anything. It's so good. But you know, I just wish I started sooner. That's the general, you know, that's the cliche thing. But what can you do? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I'd started jujitsu when I was sooner. I wish I'd started, you know, I see these guys coming in at 16 now. I was like, God, I wish I'd known about this at 16, you know. But I, it wasn't as available when I was 16, you know. I'm a little older than a lot of these guys now, so. Mm. Uh, man, see, I started when I was 17, and, like, uh, one of these one, this one purple belt, like, when I, after I just turned 18, like, I was uh, a pretty good white belt, and, uh, you know, I was doing the, doing the advanced classes and stuff. And uh, one of the purple belts, he's like, he's like a Polish. He's like, Andrew, Andrew, how old are you? I'm like, why is it, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 18. He's like, fuck, you'll be black belt so young, you prick. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like uh, an older gent. He's like, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man, I would have loved to have been a black belt when I'm, I was in my 20s. I mean, you know, it's fun in my 30s, but I wish, uh, wish that I still had the, uh, the gas tank and the athleticism I had when I was like 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man. Look on the bright side. You're a, you're a wiser, more Adamly man now. Yeah, that's that's what I tell myself. All right. <laughs> uh, what's uh, your sort of coaching style? Do you emphasize drilling, rolling, or positional sparring? Uh, a lot of positional stuff. You know, I think uh, you know doing and actually having like um, a resisting opponent is the best way to kind of experiment. I mean, drilling's fun, you know, and it, it it is important, and it's good to kind of teach the body the movements and uh, kind of hammer that in to to where it comes naturally but for me personally and when i run my classes it's a lot of uh, we do a lot of like two minute drills where just for that two minutes the guy takes the position we were learning that day and he's going to try to execute against a resisting opponent so if we're doing a sweep from guard i'll tell the guy on top i'll say hey look you know you can resist but i don't want you passing i don't want you trying to submit just kind of give him a good look and uh let this guy kind of fight to see if he can get that sweep that we practiced 
and we'll do two minutes top, two minutes bottom, and get a lot of rolls in like that. But then we always kind of do like a, you know some live rolls at the end, so they can kind of. I tell them that they're artists and that they should express themselves. So I always give them their uh, their free rolls at the end. <laughs> oh man, you you've seen that meme I made where I put Chewie's head on Bob Ross, Bob Ross, and you your picture, your black belt uh, portrait on the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of my better ones, to be fair. That was a good one, man. I love your artwork. You're you're amazing. <laughs> but I have to say, my favorite one is uh, I have these a picture of two women saying, "Man, I just want a man who will sweep me off my feet and take my breath away." And I put a picture of you and Chewie standing next to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sweep you off your feet and take your breath away. So mm. yeah, you gotta be more careful with your words. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. It's like a monkey paw wish, do you know what I mean? Like, they'll take your words literally. Like, uh-huh. this one, it's like that one joke is like, uh, this guy, he finds a genie and he, he's like, okay, I'll give you one wish for freeing me from the bottle. It's like, okay, I want balls to touch the floor. Okay, his legs fell off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, shit happened. Oh, my God. Before I forget, uh, you, since you hang out with Chewie all the time, he, you must hear these terrible dad jokes on the daily what has been the one you've heard? What was the last one Chewie told you? I must oh, hear it. Okay. Man, it's to a point where I kind of black out when he starts going on those. Because, I mean, he'll, he'll put them online. Like, at first we thought he was just trying to irritate us. But he really enjoys them. So uh, he's got some good ones that have kind of made me laugh. But um, what, what, did we, what did we do the other day? I was trying to think of one where... Uh, I have to think of it, but uh, no, he, he's had a couple good ones. I, I tried to match him one time with some dad jokes, and it just didn't have the same effect. <laughs> sure, man, can't you beat him on that? Aren't you, like, actually a dad? I am a dad. I should have better jokes, but that's that's the one area that he uh, he, uh, he excels at over top of me. <laughs> no, you should have worse jokes. That's the whole point. I guess, yeah. I should I should own the dad role a little bit better, but... Chewie would make a good dad with his uh, phenomenal dad jokes. <laughs> and his phenomenal beards. Like, the the kid could just hold off the beard and hang off him. So he doesn't even need, like, to hold him at all. Yeah, if Chewie ever has a kid, I'm pretty sure the kid will have a beard coming out. That's uh, dude, his uh, distinguishing feature. <laughs> that's, dude, it's hereditary beards. It's, it's a fact. I wish <laughs> I had a beard like Chewie. Um, and I wish I had a beard in general. Like, you see, you've seen mine because uh, you see me in the video. It looks like yeah. shit. No, no, that's fine. Man. That's about what I'm working with here. You know, I tried competing with Chewie's beard, but it just got out of control and started developing a mind of its own. So I had to take it down a notch. But yeah, mm. Chewie, he's a he's got a pretty stellar beard. Mm. Deserves its own uh, YouTube channel. Chewie's Chewie's beards. Uh, here's some uh, beard gripping techniques. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, what 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 do you say? Is the most important value you've tried to you guys have instilled in your gym environment? The most important value, um, probably just you know the humble nature of the art, and you know kind of leaving the the bullshit at the door. You know, every once in a while we'll get some. Everybody's okay, but you every once in a while you'll get some uh, kind of some shitty people that'll come in, and that's one of the great things about jujitsu is. It has a way of weeding out the, you know, the crappy people and shipping away at the bullshit. So when we're left is some pretty well uh, adjusted, uh, good people that you want to train with. So that's one of the things in our gym I've always kind of liked is we've got some good people. We're all good friends. Um, and uh, jiu-jitsu has a way of kind of, uh, you know, keeping the, the grossness out of things. So 
that's what we try to instill in people. Just, you know, be good to one another and uh, train hard and, you know, the, the victories will come. Mm. Uh, yeah, I heard a really good expression off of some Muay Thai, Muay Thai guys one time. It's a uh, chill or be chilled. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> about right. <laughs> okay, so we got some questions off of the Instagram and the Reddits and stuff. So here, um, first question is Adam. 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 Adam, Adam. <laughs> Adam, 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 Adam. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, one person said, that guy is bald as shit. I'm like, okay, very valuable yeah. input. Very valuable input there, dude. That is a good observation. That is my distinguishing feature. If I'm ever, you know, accused of a crime, you can, like, describe me by that. But, yeah, he's the bald guy. He's bald as shit. Nobody yeah, will pick me out of a lineup. Man, you're in a police lineup with people who have afro and mohawks and long flowing hair. Mike, that is a suggestive as all hell lineup. That's entrapment. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, in our sport, my, my look is very common. You know, the bald guy with the, uh, you know, the scruffy beard. He uh, looks like he uh, hasn't taken care of himself in a while. Like, if you go to a jiu-jitsu tournament, there are a lot of bald guys with beards. So that's... Uh, gonna be hard to pick me out of a lineup i think <laughs> well man it's a it's a it's a look that works man i'm rocking that look now so yeah <laughs> it's just low maintenance like i don't care uh, plus that's it yeah i quit caring years ago <laughs> plus plus man i fucking hated going to the barber because i there'd always be lines and you know Oh, I hated lines so much. You know, I don't need to go to the barber before going to training, and you know, it make me late sometimes, and it would annoy the shit out of me. Because yeah. uh, I just shave my head, and be done with it. I used yeah. to be a hair guy when I was younger. I had long, glorious locks, and then you know, God decided that I was too powerful and decided to take my hair from me. But uh, back when I was young and I had hair, man, I uh, I took good care of it. I thought uh, I thought I was good. I thought I was good mm. stuff. Man, it's like the it's like the tale of Samson with the powerful hair guy. Yeah, that was me. I've lost all my power now. Imagine oh, how man. powerful I'd be if I had hair. How good would my jujitsu be if I still had it? Oh, man, can only uh, imagine. I, I think that I think it's good that we don't know that, that the question that answer to the question because you know you'd be too powerful. I would have been too powerful. Yeah, I, I need that. Yeah. Man, if you had been. if you had hair, you you'd fucking you would have won an ADCC. Probably, yeah. Not probably, you would have. Like, let's yeah. be real. I would. I probably wouldn't have gone just because I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. I wouldn't want to end any careers. Yeah, you didn't want to sh- step to Gordon Ryan and make him cry like a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have quit jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna relinquish the the goat title to to Adam Wilson and his hair. Oh man, you didn't relinquish shit. He fucking whooped your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that would be the day. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, well, there's another universe where that did happen. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, would you mind sharing your power ballad playlist? Because I really want to notice them. You know what? I, I, you're talking about for my Thursday night class? I am. Yeah, that's... Uh, you know, I started doing the 80s music because I wanted to throw off my the students. I was like, you know, they're, they're not expecting this. We, we play, you know, different things. You'll play some hard rock, you know. Chewie puts on stuff to, to kind of keep the, the pace kind of high. So when I started teaching, I was like, I'm not throwing something off the wall. I'm going to throw in some 80s pop music, and they're going to be so tripped out. And it worked for a couple weeks, but then now they've come to expect it. But I've got a Pandora station of 80s pop music, and it's all George Michael and old Whitney Houston and... 
uh, God, who else? Hall and Oates. <laughs> a lot of Hall and Oates. I just kind of let Pandora do the work. Man, Pandora has its shit together, so I can't say I blame you there. <laughs> um, and we got a really good question here. It's like, how do I increase my level of Adam, the strongest male hormone there is? We, I must know. Well, this is what a lot of people are unwilling to do, and I'll, I'll let you guys in on the secret. It's it's not so much the hair or even the Adam. It's it's the jazz hands, and I'll, I'll spend hours in front of a, a mirror just practicing, you know, how fast I can wave those jazz fingers. And when you think you're going fast enough, you have to go faster. Um, so that's it. You know, I would, uh, you know, work on your wrist mobility. Uh, don't let anyone wrist lock you because that'll inhibit your ability to do the jazz hands. And, um, you know, once you become uh, proficient at that, I think your atom level will go through the roof. Mm. Um, and I got sort of a technical question in regards to that. See, my right wrist is really fucked up. Like, it's, it's messed up. Can mm. I sort of... Can I overwork the left one to make up for the inadequacy of my right with the sort of a jazz hand sort of motion, or do I have to do the two in tandem? I can't just overwork one to compensate for the other? No, I think you can. I think it would require you to kind of lean in with your left and kind of like lead with your left hand and make that, you know, the focal point of whoever you're uh, jazz handing to. And mm. then you can kind of let your right hand kind of slack behind you a little bit. So you can compensate uh, with your left. Okay. In, my ex, in my expert opinion, my jazz hand opinion, that's that's what I would do. Okay, man. Uh, appreciate that, man. That's gonna that's gonna up my jazz my jazz hand game immensely. Thanks a lot. Mm. See, so, yeah, one, one day my kids are gonna find these videos and like, Dad, why did you jazz hand all the time? It's not very cool. <laughs> uh, I never promised I, I was gonna be a cool dad. I just kind of do my thing. Man, if you were my dad, I think you're really cool. Like, man, I appreciate dad, that, man. Famous. Yeah, you're a jiu-jitsu guy. Like, we can appreciate each other. My kids don't get it. They're like, you know, dad rolls around with dudes and jazz hands, and he can only say his name on, on YouTube. <laughs> like, he's kind of lame. <laughs> well, kids, I'd hate to br- I hate to break it to you, but your dad's one of the coolest dudes ever lived, so respect. I'm going to sh- I'm gonna show him this podcast one day, you know, when they're older. Like, ah, right there. It's documented. Mm. Somebody thinks I'm cool. Uh, lots of people think you're cool. <laughs> okay. We got... I say the best question for last on the from the Reddit. Ooh, are you ready for this one? No, we'll find out. Okay. Have you ever killed anyone? Look. You know I can't talk about that. I mean, we've all got secrets. We've got things that uh, you know we're not afraid. We're not proud of. Uh, I'm gonna say this one thing though. You know, I'm not gonna tell people that I'm that I'm Batman, but no one's ever seen me and Batman in the same place at the same time. So do that information what you will. Uh, Adam, could you give us your best? <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Holy shit, dude. Or, Man. Or, this isn't a car. Whoa. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> or I, say I'm not wearing pajamas in your Batman voice. I need to hear that. I'm not wearing pajamas. Oh my god, man. That is amazing. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So guys, we reached a segment of the podcast. I like to call around the specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. So, Adam, do you want to do a round of specifics? Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Boom, let's go. Adam, what is your favorite gi in your collection? My favorite gi? Uh, I've got a, a white tatami that I keep only for competitions. It fits me perfectly. I've kept it 
shiny and white and clean, uh, not a lot of blood stains. Uh, so that would be my favorite. Yo, uh, what model is it? I'm I'm big into tatami. Uh, the uh, Stilo uh, Six, I think. Is that the one they're on now? Um, yeah, they're on a Stilo Six. Are they on that? I think that's the one. That's the the newer one. I got. I've got three of them actually, but that's the one I think I'm using for the competition. So that one's uh, my favorite. Which one do you use? You like? Uh, is it white with the black or the blue accents? Uh, the blue accents is the one I use in training a lot, and the black is the uh, the one I use in competition. The white and the black. Man, I'm big in. I I only own uh, the Estilo. I got an old Estilo five with the camouflage accent accents. I yeah, love that. Yeah. I, I'm big into my white Estilo with the blue accents. I I'm a I'm a gi connoisseur. I'm like yeah. A, about <laughs> let's see about twenty something gis. They're all by tatami and they're all fancy as shit and they're all in pristine condition. Even the pre-owned ones from eBay. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a good gi, man. I've, I'm in love with that brand. Mm. like man i i get vintage keys from ebay because i love tatami so much yeah <laughs> awesome. i got uh, i could gush for an hour about that but there's not enough time in the world so man uh who would you say is the most famous person you've rolled with the most famous person i've rolled with i mean yeah. it's got to be chewy you know with this many youtube youtube subscribers and i mean we go out we've gone out around town we've gone out he and I uh, and a couple other guys, we went uh, to uh, this big uh, – we're from Kentucky, right? So we're, bourbon is big here. That's like the drink of choice. We went to a bourbon event, and police officers would come up to us. We're in street clothes, and they're like, Chewy, is that you? And uh, so many – I mean, I can't hang out with the guy without people you know, wanting to take a picture with him. And occasionally, I'll get recognized, so maybe like you know, I'm the second most famous, but <laughs> – <laughs> Chewy's the most famous guy as far as like people recognizing him. Um, coolest people I've met so far, like outside of our gym, were uh, or Hinger and JT Torres. Mm. And man, here I am getting a big head because a kid at a tournament asked me, "Am I the mean guy?" Once. Yes, you what? Like, are you are are you the meme guy? The meme guy, yeah. Hey. I take that. You do some phenomenal memes, man. Own it. <laughs> mm. uh, man, I did. And uh, since I got a big head over being recognized, I gave him a sneak peek to my next meme, and uh, he really appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. Well, anytime you want to throw up some memes of me and Chewy, man, we look forward to them. Oh, uh, man. I just got to – I have to get back on the Chewy meme trend because, like, I made a really good one. It was Chujitsu and Chill, and I haven't yeah. done one since. But I, I really got to do better Chewy memes. I got to up my game in that regard. We're we're on standby. We're waiting for him. You know, I just gotta I just gotta find the right picture and let the thing hit me like a fucking smack in the face. Can you uh can you take some stills off of his uh his YouTube videos? Like if I started like giving you some material, could you pull them off of the YouTube and uh, put them in your memes? Oh, I'll try. I, I try I getting you... clips as well as well sometimes. Like if Chewie says something funny, I'll like use that as a clip. I'll see if I can work something in and give you some material to work with. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you do the mime stuff, like do the, you know, miming where you're like yeah. act, acting like you're trapped in a box without you yeah. noticing, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could work something out. Mm. Uh, man, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Uh, the thing that got me into jujitsu now was uh, it was Dragon Ball Z. That's what I, <laughs> I grew up on. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. I was a kind of a, I still am, you know, an anime nerd. So Dragon Ball Z was the, 
the show I grew up on there for a long time. And then before that, when I was real little, I watched like Thundercats, you know, and He-Man, that kind of stuff. But I don't really remember a whole lot about them. But Dragon Ball Z changed my life. Man, I must ask, are you a Goku guy or a Vegeta guy? I'm a Vegeta guy. My man. See, dude, like, I'll tell you something funny. See, uh, my best friend in the whole world trains jiu-jitsu with me. We were constantly going after each other. And see, he missed training for a little bit. But then once he came back, I sort of, I made this, I got a picture with him. And I made this big sort of gushy post about how much I love him. I'm like, man, he's the Goku to my Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I was telling a guy this the other day is uh, you know, the more you train, you, you probably, you're probably noticing this now yourself, but like the ability to sense power levels, like that's a thing. You can actually feel a presence from people. So when I've locked up, you know, with black belts or, or even like, you know, just higher level, like purple belts or whatever, I can tell when a guy's maybe holding back a little bit. I'm like, this guy's not showing me his final form. <sighs> but uh, it's, a, it's a thing. You can kind of sense a presence with people, you know, the more you train and the more you, you have the more experience you have, like locking up with another human being. So I always kind of thought that was my Dragon Ball Z power. Well, at least I can sense power levels now. I may not mm. be able to transform yet, but. I have tried fusing with people too before. That hasn't worked. Oh, dude, so did I. Like mixed results. I did a semi fusion <laughs> one time, and by semi fusion, I mean we both poked each other in the eye and the mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you find somebody who knows the fusion dance. You're like, ah, oh, you're gonna be my new best friend. Oh man, me and my boy were both blue belts. We tried fusing to beat a purple belt, and I am 100% confident that even if we did fuse, that purple belt would still kick our ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just two lowly blue belts, and he's a good purple belt who outweighs the two of us combined, mind you, probably, because yeah. he, he's a big fucker. I'm like, yeah, even if we did fuse and get a power boost, we'd still get our asses kicked. Let's just be real. <laughs> That's funny. Mm. that's it uh what was i fucking saying oh it doesn't matter if i forgot it mustn't have been important that's what i said about mount escapes in my last fight (laughs) 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 Uh, what was the first video game console you had what was your favorite game on it oh man i'm i'm old school the first first thing i ever had was uh technically like my dad let me play with his atari way back when like we're going way back to like the 80s now. But my first one that I actually owned that I got was the original Nintendo. And of course, you know, I was a big Mario Brothers fan, you know, and I played, you know, I had the Ninja Turtles game, but it was like too hard to beat. So I kind of gave up on it. And then uh, once I got my Super Nintendo, that kind of like really kind of got me into gaming. So I'm kind of showing my age right now. Mm, man, you've aged, like, you've aged like a fine wine. Don't be stuffy, uh, <laughs> Don't be ashamed of it. This is as far as I go. Like, I still tell people I'm 25 when they ask. I'm like, I, I just gave up at 25. That's that's as old as I intend to get. Man, uh, you're like Joey from Friends. He's just stayed the same looking, except for that's, just the gray hair. That's what I'm aiming for, yeah. You're pulling it off, might I, might I just say. Thank you, sir. <laughs> have, you seen, uh, have you seen, what's the other guy's name? Is uh, Chandler, the, uh, Matthew uh, Perry, who played, have you yeah. seen him lately? Oh my no. God, he looks rough. I feel Ugh. bad for him. He looks like uh, he just kind of gave up on life. We should start a like a GoFundMe for Matthew Perry. Oh, uh, man, you know, he was in a game a few years ago. He was in Fallout New Vegas. He was like the villain in that. Was he really? Yeah, he voiced the villain. No way. I don't know that. Yes, way. The more you know. Uh, see. I learned something today. 
Mm. <laughs> you don't didn't you learn that people think you're awesome and people think you're handsome and people think you've killed a man well if they could write that or, or send me messages on my instagram that would really make me feel good i i, I, be, I believe it when i see it <laughs> all right guys everyone who uh text sent me messages about adam and stuff would you say not send them to the man himself he he needs to know that people appreciate him like you know it's not it's nice to know that you appreciate every so often like come on I need the boost in confidence. So whatever you want to send me, I, I would appreciate. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, what would you say is your most embarrassing injury you have, whether it be a jiu-jitsu injury or a non-jiu-jitsu injury? The the most embarrassing injuries I get are the ones that I, that I don't know how I got them. It's not jiu-jitsu related. Like if you just wait, like the other day, like this isn't a joke. Like it's coincidence that you ask here, but I woke up because of the COVID lockdown. I hadn't been training very much. And for whatever reason, like, my fingers were numb in my left arm. I had some sort of like spasm in my back and I hadn't done anything. So I had to get rushed into my chiropractor to get me straightened out. But um, those are the embarrassing ones. Like I'd rather have a cool story. Like I was rolling with the, you know, rolling really hard with somebody and got hurt or whatever, but just to wake up and be in pain. You know, that's the embarrassing stuff. <laughs> mm. Oh man, I can imagine you like you're just having like a little numbness in your arm. And you're freaking out. You ring Eugene, like, Eugene, Eugene, Eugene. And he thinks it's like a fucking crisis. Like, my arm's kind of numb. <laughs> uh, Eugene, Eugene criticizes my lifestyle as it is. You know, I, I work a desk job for, um, you know, during the day. And he's always like, Adam, you, you sit down too much. You know, you got to get up and do this. And everything he tells me to do, I'm like, Eugene, I don't have time for that. I can't get up and do all that stuff. Ain't nobody got always, time for that. I ain't nobody got time for that. I always feel like I'm disappointing Eugene. So... <laughs> I hope he's proud of me wherever he is right now. Man, you said that like he's a cosmic entity or he's just a way in the universe. Like, man, I hope Eugene's proud of me wherever he is. Well, he, he really knows what he's talking about. He's, you know, he's a physical therapist. So, you know, whenever, whenever he sees how I'm living or how I sit too much or, you know, my posture or whatever, I always feel like, you know, Eugene's criticizing me right now. I'm not straight. I'm not sitting up straight enough for him, you know, so because he, he looks at people. He's like, that's going to hurt your hips later. Man, I could just imagine Eugene standing there with his arms crossed, nodding disapprovingly, being like, man, I disapprove of your lifestyle. Yeah, I hope he's okay with it. <laughs> uh, I'll send this his way, see what he thinks. But, uh, if you could ban one guard or position from competition, what would it be and why? If I could ban it? Like, like no yeah. do, like no can do? That's that's easy. <laughs> this is a, it's a, it's a position that I actually lost to um and it was an IBJ, ibjjf tournament and what had happened was we were in closed guard and the guy had gotten a, a bravo grip he had taken my lapel out of my belt and pulled it over my shoulder and the way he won which still frustrates me to this day is he would pass the grip back and forth between you know with between his hands and over one shoulder and back to the other shoulder and he just kind of held me down the whole time and the way we ended up the way we he ended up winning was because we both got docked penalties for stalling. So at the end of the game, I I had a certain amount of negative points because I couldn't get out of it, but he had a certain he had a, a fewer amount of negative points because you know I guess that's how the way it, the way it worked out, and that's how he beat me. We both had like a negative score because of stalling. So that was one of the most frustrating losses of, of my career. You know I wish I could you know if I could go back and change something or ban a position, I would have like at some, some point said, all right guys, you know you gotta start standing again or something like that, you know because it was just a really you know chintzy way to lose. Yeah, the refs really should have done something more proactive about that because that sounds really fucked up. 
Yeah, it was disappointing. You know, I drove several hours from Kentucky. I think I was down in Atlanta competing in that one, and I got to that match. And um, and the guy who did it, he's a, he's a great dude. You know, I've I've you know talked to him on social media since. So not, not taking anything away from him. You know, he did what he had to do, and he beat me. I, I acknowledge that, but. It was just kind of a, you know, none of us, neither of us really ever got anything going, you know, we just kind of sat in guard and, you know, he passed the grip back and forth. And in, in fairness, I should have figured out a way to get out of it, but um, it's still kind of frustrating to think about. Mm. Sure, your man should be proud. He came up with a new guard. I'm going to call it a pussy willow guard. He's a tough dude, you know, I, I appreciate him as a, as a grappler, but uh, that whole position was... Uh, he ended up doing it to a buddy of mine too, so I think that was the the game plan going in. But it still kind of bugs me. Mm, I feel you. Do you have any nicknames at the gym besides Adam, Mr. Adam Wilson, the Great and Powerful Adam, Adamlicious, Adam, Bob Adam? Anything? <laughs> anything else? No, it, it's just Adam. In fact, if you try to add my last name to it, you know, it just sounds weird. Um, you know, when we sign in, we have a kind of like a, a roster card to kind of see who's teaching every night to kind of keep track of, you know, who's doing what. And everybody puts their first and last name, like this guy is teaching Muay Thai or this guy's doing boxing. It's just Adam with me. Everybody knows Adam. Ah, oh, man. If your but, wife isn't called Eve, I'm going to be very confused. It's not. No, that, that oh, would have worked God. out really well, but no, <laughs> that's not her. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, such, or is it Lilith? Cause that was Adam's first wife in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, no, not that either. <laughs> God damn you, man. Fucking hell. I know. I, I, I didn't choose my spouse well enough, I guess. <laughs> oh, don't let her hear that. <laughs> she's no, going to she, come in and just slap you combat jiu-jitsu style. She, no, she's amazing. Yeah, if, if she had been named Fred, I, I still would have married her. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. What's your favorite song to roll to, Mr. Power Ballad? It's uh, it is the uh, the highway to the danger zone from Top Gun. Every time man. that song comes on, man, I just get fired up. I don't care if we're teaching or if I'm in the middle of a demonstration. We gotta roll when that song comes on. Mm. Like I can just imagine you in the middle of an of a barambolu and you just stop and start rolling in the middle of the barambolu while the song comes on. Yeah, it's that first uh, the, the first couple beats that don 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 that starts it off and just uh, turns something on when I get here when I hear it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, one sec. Ah, excuse me. See, um, uh, if you could time travel to any historical period, where would you go first? Any historical period? Any, bruh. Man, I would go back to the very beginning to see how it all really started. I wanted to see it, you know. If it, you know, if it was a Big Bang, you know, and there's no oxygen, at least I'll know, you know. Hopefully I can get back and tell people, you know, like, no, this is really how it went down. But um, I'd like to see how it all started. I, in fact, uh, there's probably a bigger side of me that's kind of curious on how it's all going to end. So if I could maybe, like, pay the guy who's giving me the time machine a couple extra bucks, like, man, let me go to the future. I want to see how this all turns out. <laughs> hmm. uh, man, that's the first time anyone's ever said, like, they'd go to the future or something like or anything like that everyone just wants to go to ancient greece and shit yeah no i mean that's cool too i always i've, I've told my wife this too you know when i become 90 or whatever if i get you know diagnosed or with some sort of you know, illness god forbid and they say look man you've got maybe a year left to live uh i would let them freeze me cryogenic suspension 
And like, just put me a hundred years into the future. I don't care what's going to happen, you know, maybe there'll be a cure at that time or maybe not, but I'd like to see, you know, a hundred years from, you know, the end of my life just to see what, uh, what, what things are like. Mm. And maybe by that time you'll be old enough to be a red belt. So you'll be grandmaster Adam. Did you imagine? I've thought about that. Like, you know, I don't know if I'll live long enough, but yeah, maybe with the cryogenic suspension, I might be able to pull it off. But to find even now as a black belt, like, you know, this started as just something I was just like, ah, I'll try it, you know, a couple nights a week. We'll see how it goes. But then one day you wake up and it's like, ah, Jesus, I just got my black belt last night. And like now you're walking around, you know, you're actually like halfway decent. at something that you never really thought you would take that seriously. But it's a big part of your life. So I deal with that all the time, like, you know, just kind of thinking how far I've come, you know, in 12 years, um, something that started as a hobby that it influences everything I do now as far as like what I eat, you know, how much sleep I get. You know, I, you know, like I said, I, we drink bourbon where I'm from, but if it's the night before training, I'm like, you know, I can't drink tonight. You know, I got to be able to perform, you know, the, t- the next day, even if it's just a training session, it doesn't have to be a competition. You know, I always kind of plan my life around jujitsu now. So mm. it's kind of interesting how, it, how it's taken over. Mm. No, I get you. See, what would you say is your favorite philosophical quote, if you have one? Uh, don't be a dick. I think Buddha mm. said that. Mm. Yeah, dude, that was, Buddha's <laughs> fir- that was Buddha's first saying. <laughs> Do not I saw that on a meme somewhere. He said, don't be a dick, and it was, it was Buddha or the Dalai Lama. Maybe it was him. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, the best meme I ever seen was... Uh, it was a don't believe everything you read on the internet. It was a picture of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Don't yeah, believe everything you read on the internet. Fucking there's man. some there's some good ones with Morgan Freeman too. <laughs> the, uh, similar similar uh, genre of memes where it's like him telling you not to believe everything you read and it's a Morgan Freeman meme. Hmm. Ah, dude, that's a good one. See, uh, what would you say is the worst movie you've ever seen in your life? Worst, uh, like, jiu-jitsu move, or? W- movie, like film. Oh, move, movie. Oh, God, let me think here. I've seen some crappy ones, man. Ooh. There's there's this one. <laughs> there was a movie I went and saw years ago. It was uh, it was an Ashley Judd movie, and um, it was called Bug, B-U-G. And the premise of this movie was that this lady, she was, like, a divorcee. She's, like, shacked up in a motel, and... She meets this, like, traveler guy, and throughout the course of the movie, like, he starts seeing these bugs crawling on him, and she's like, I don't see them, and he's like, no, they're like bed bugs, and over the course of the movie, it's meant to be disturbing, they start picking at themselves, and they end up, they end up, like, killing themselves over these, like, bugs that they're hallucinating on, but I think I read somewhere it was based on a play, and um, they developed this into a movie, and it was the most god-awful thing. I've never been so angry in my life when I left a movie. Like, what the hell did I just watch? Like, I kind of wanted my money back, but I waited to the end, you know? So I felt yeah. bad asking for it, but it was a really awful movie. And if you want to see something bad, you should go watch Bug. Man. I never fucking heard of Bug. That's a good, that's a new entry in my book. That's probably why. It's awful. Like, mm. And Ashley Judd, she she was a pretty popular actress there for a while, you know, so. I'm, mm. Was. Probably, yeah, was. That's a black mark on her record right there. That's uh. like my first tournament experience, you know. That's the one we want to forget about. Well, that, that was your first one, so you could be given a little bit of uh, leeway. Yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't her first movie, so she should have known better. She, she should have known better. She should have read that script and like, this is awful. Like, why am I doing this? Ah, fuck that shit. See, 
That's it. Say what you want about bad movies, but at least they're not formulaic. At least there's like a new story, but it's just not uh, like a regular thing, but just not told very well. I'll give them some credit. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, see, we got a bit of a moral dilemma here if you're up for it. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, oh, Lord. Morality, Lord. morality is not my, my strong suit, but I'll, I'll try. What you got? Uh, uh, would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? <sighs> Man. I feel like I want to go with cancer. Just because mm. I've, I've known people who've been touched by cancer and, you know, are dealing with it now. So maybe that's just because it's closer to me. Um, but I feel like if we could do that, then maybe the people that we save so will save somebody's life who could cure world hunger. Maybe that's mm. how that goes, you know. But on the flip side, if somebody's hungry and they starve to death, maybe they would have been the one to cure cancer. So that's a tough one. Mm. But I have to pick. I guess I'll go with cancer. No, dude, either way is good in my book. They're both good things to get rid of. Yeah. Well, they're both bad things to get rid of, but you get yeah, my point. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> they're not good things to get rid of. Fuck that shit. Okay, in your expert opinion, do you think you could pull off a handlebar mustache? You know what? No, I tried it. And there, there are pictures that I'm not going to share with you, but when I shaved my beard, because I grew it out for this COVID lockdown. It was pretty stellar, but not quite chewy level, so I had to get rid of it. But as I was shaving it down, I did like a Fu Manchu, and then I trimmed <laughs> it out to like a handlebar mustache. I played with it, and I like, you know what? I ended up with the, the 70s porn star mustache, and then I had to just kind of take it all off. I was like, this isn't going to work. I'm not a mustache guy. Mm. Man, I knew, I knew a guy who did something similar. He was like shaving off his beard in little increments to see, you know, what stage it would work for him, just testing out new beards and he it, nothing was working and he stopped at uh the hitler stash and he tried that out oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i you think that'll ever come back that is the worst thing adolf hitler did he ruined a perfectly reputable facial hair option the worst thing that he did it is the <laughs> worst thing he ever did <laughs> that's debatable but, uh, but, yeah, like, nobody could ever use that. Like, even if you wanted to, like, I have the face for this little tiny mustache. But you can't do it because people are going to think, like, hey, you're trying to be like Hitler. And you could tell them, like, no, 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 I'm trying to be like Charlie Chaplin. But they're not going to believe you. It, no, 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 I'm trying to be like Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. <laughs> Big difference. There's no way to pull that off now. Like, man, see, I actually can't grow hair anywhere. Like, I, I just haven't been able to grow hair in that sort of general area, so... My sort of style of facial hair, I call it the reverse Hitler. So, you know, I'm not racist because so, I can't grow hair there. <laughs> yeah. I don't have hair there. So I just call it the reverse Hitler. That's like Chad. Chad, Chad can't grow facial hair, I'm pretty sure. I think he's got like two or three patches that he kind of tends to, but he can't grow like a, a normal, you know, beard or whatever. Oh, well, if Chad the Beast Hardy can't grow a beard either, that makes me feel a lot better. That's why he had to get good at jujitsu, you know. He, he had the he had those 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 boyish good looks that uh, it made you kind of think that you know, he couldn't, you know, you 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 could probably hold your own against him. So he had to get tough because he couldn't grow the facial hair to say otherwise. Mm. Uh, Amen. That's what I'll do to get better. That's what I'll do to counteract that. I'll just get good at jujitsu. That's so yeah. easy. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you became president of Earth, what's the first law you'd enact? President of Earth? Yeah. Man, that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> mm. 
I don't know, man. I'd have to do something to make people nicer to one another. You know what I think I would do? I honestly, it sounds silly, and I've joked about this before. I think I would make jujitsu mandatory in like you know grade school. Because think about like how well we get along. Like jujitsu people, by and large, are pretty cool. Like we all get along, and like I said, it chips away at the bullshit. So we all know where we stand. We we have confidence. You know, I know exactly what I'm capable of. You know exactly what you're capable of. So there's no reason for us to like have any sort of beef or try to like you know man up against each other you know we, we know where we stand and i think mm. if everybody trained i think the world would be a lot cooler you know like we could bond over i mean we, we, we've talked about this in our gym you know we've got people from all different races and religious beliefs and you know we all get along great because we all bond over one thing and it's jujitsu so i mean imagine if like you know north korea and south korea both train and it's like look let's just get together for an open mat we could probably squash that whole nonsense over there you know what i mean or we could solve like foreign policy problems by having uh, each leader of pr- their prospective country fight in a jiu-jitsu match to solve the Something issue. Something like that, yeah. Dude, that'd be, that'd be sorted out. And, you know, I like that jiu-jitsu can sort of cut through a lot of bullshit, as you said. Like, here's the thing. Like, uh, you know, you train with a bunch of different people from race, religion, whatever, different people who believe different stuff to you. Like, man, I don't care that that dude's black. I care that he, he keeps fucking triangling me. That's like the yeah. only sort of variable in it. Yeah, we're working together and we're making each other stronger. So, totally. Exactly. What would you say is your jiu-jitsu spirit animal? <sighs> the jiu-jitsu spirit animal. <laughs> mm. What's a what's an animal that's uh, quiet and stoic and majestic? A gorilla? A gorilla. Well, that's a little too aggressive for me. Something smaller. Well, Maybe they, a koala. They, they only fake charge at you, like they won't actually charge and fucking maul you. It's just a fake thing to sort of scare you off. Yeah. What are those things, the uh, lemurs? That uh, the little monkeys that kind of cl- <laughs> crawl around the tree. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm more of a lemur. <laughs> oh my god, fuck it, oh. This is a lemur. Fucking I'll take lemur. the lemur. <laughs> god damn, I'm a, I'm a sloth. I'll take a sloth. Yeah, I think sloths are cool. Mm. They're in no you know, rush. Uh, dudes, you know sloths, they endanger themselves every week by climbing out a tree to take a dump. That's when they're at the most most vulnerable. That's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, see. Okay, we got the last question. Are you ready for the last question? I'm ready. Uh, I need to add a fuck. I need to get a drum set so I can add a drum roll or something. That's really <laughs> I used to just slap screwdrivers off the table, but I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that anymore. That's stupid. <laughs> Okay. So last question is, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned in all of your years of training jiu-jitsu? The most important lesson that I've learned is it is absolute jiu-jitsu has absolutely nothing to do with the guys you're training against or training with. It's it's not about comparing yourself to somebody else. It's not about you know your belt level doesn't necessarily mean that you're better than this guy or worse than the other. These belts are just kind of a, a mile markers along the your journey of jujitsu. So if anything that I've learned, it's you know just worry about you know your own progress. Don't worry that the guy next to you got promoted before you or you know that you feel like you're you're trailing behind him a little bit or her a little bit. You know it's all about your own progress. So go at your own pace, make yourself better, and as long as you're able to beat up the version of yourself from a year ago you're doing all right mm. uh so guys we're going to call an episode there if you want to follow adam on instagram it's at adam after dark so adam do you have anything to say before we shoot off 
Adam. <laughs>